Today on Let the Bible Speak. Do you have faith? What does it mean to be a person of faith? And what are the results of living by faith? And good morning. Thanks for joining me for Let the Bible Speak. It's good to be with you today to discuss the truth of God's Word. The majority of people in the world would describe themselves as people of faith in one way or another, regardless of their level of church involvement or the depth of the theology to which they subscribe. They would still say that they have faith. In particular, they have faith in God. The word faith, though, has been generalized to describe almost any kind of religious inclination, persuasion, or involvement. But true faith has a much deeper meaning than that. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. This entire chapter has been called the Roll Call of the Faithful. And it's also sometimes called Faith's Hall of Fame. In this walk through the museum of Earth's spiritual history, the Hebrew writer dozens of times uses phrases such as by faith, or through faith, or in faith, to describe the actions of many people, men and women, who pleased God and reaped the eternal reward. The only way any spiritual relationship can take place between created beings and Creator God is through faith. We've never seen God. We've never seen Jesus Christ. We've never been to heaven. But we have a deep and life-changing conviction that such beings and places exist through faith. But where does that faith come from? Well, today we're going to take a close look at faith, what it is, and what is the basis for it, and what is the result of it. And perhaps then you and I can truthfully answer the question about ourselves, Am I living by faith? We're going to call our lesson that living by faith after a song from the congregation. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tends his skies with heavenly dew and framed the worlds with his great might. There is a God.
Apart from the name Jesus or the title Christ, I don't suppose any word is any more familiar to religious people than the word faith. In fact, faith is often used to represent religion as a whole. People who profess that they believe in God or in an intelligent higher power are often referred to as the faith community or people of faith. But exactly what does faith mean? English dictionaries define faith as a trust in someone or something. When used in a spiritual context, Merriam-Webster says that it refers to a belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion that are based on spiritual apprehension, a strong belief in something for which there is no proof." That's how men have defined the word, but if we don't understand how God defines faith, we may be left with some inadequate and even wrong conclusions. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the Apostle Paul says, We walk by faith and not by sight, thus contrasting faith and sight. One is the opposite of the other. But does that mean that faith is some baseless belief in something or whatever? Does it mean that faith is a shot in the dark or a fanciful wish upon a star? If we believe anything that we cannot see, is that what the Bible means when it says we walk by faith and not by sight? Or does it mean that we follow our feelings or our instincts? I think that that's really, the truth be told, how some people think of faith. Does faith mean that we wish for something to be badly enough that we trust that it's true? Well, although the world has trivialized and sensationalized faith in such ways, that's not at all what Paul suggests when he says that Christians walk by faith and not by sight. Neither is it what the Hebrew writer means when he says in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then in verse 3 he says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He is not suggesting here that our faith in God is some wild theory that someone dreamed up, but He is saying that our belief and confidence in that which we cannot see by mortal eye and the resulting conviction in our heart is the basis upon which we live our lives and devote our lives to pleasing God. It does not mean that there are not logical and convincing evidences and reasons for believing in God that we just somehow choose to believe. It means that the basis for this faith is not what we have seen with our eyes or experienced with our physical senses, but it is something above and beyond that. As I speak right now, I have never been to Australia. I have never set foot on that continent. I have not seen Australia with my own eyes, only a photographic representation of it. But so, uh, suppose we had lived 200 years ago and didn't have any photographs of such a place, just the credible testimony of those who had been there or who had first-hand knowledge of its existence. Now, I do not have that first-hand experience, but I have every confidence and every reason to believe that Australia exists. I would be foolish to deny it. I could purchase a ticket, I could make all of the arrangements and preparations and then board a ship, or today I could board an airplane, And though I have never seen Australia with my own eyes, there would be no doubt in my mind that that ship or airplane would take me to that place. Well, our faith in God is similar to that. I have not seen God, but I'm fully convinced that He exists. I've not seen Jesus Christ, but I have every confidence that He not only lived on this earth, but that He rose again and thus still lives. And that confidence provides a foundation for the life that I now try to live. 
So in a nutshell, that's what we mean by living by faith. I want us to look at three things about biblical and saving faith that I think will teach us a lot about faith and tell us whether or not we're living by faith. And those are, number one, what we'll call the truth factor, number two, the trust factor, and number three, the test factor. Now, first of all, the truth factor. What do we believe anyway, and why do we believe it? What is the basis of our faith? Well, Greek scholars and lexicographers such as Joseph Thayer say that the word faith, as it is used here, means uh, a conviction of the truth of anything. W. E. Vine says that it is a firm persuasion, a conviction that's based upon hearing. You know, we sometimes see signs or placards, perhaps a t-shirt, something hanging in a living room, whatever it might be, that says, believe. That's all it says, just believe. But that leaves us with the question, believe what? Does having faith mean believing something we really can't know that is true? No, faith means being convinced that the testimony of another is true. Now the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10 verses 16 and 17, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. So then, he says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith is what results from what God has revealed about himself. We believe in God, and we believe God based upon the revelation of God, and God has revealed himself to us. Not by allowing us to look up and see him, literally, he is concealed from human sight, but he has revealed himself in other ways. For instance, there is God's natural revelation. Now, if you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, here he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith provides the foundation of our allegiance to God and our living for God. Then look at verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now if the origin of the universe, or of time, space, and matter, could be explained by things that we can see, there would be no need for faith. But you cannot explain the universe by what is seen. The theories of science, if you subscribe to them, only push the question back to another stage. The question science cannot answer is how does something come from nothing? You may propose that a Big Bang billions of years ago and subsequent cosmic evolution explains the origin of the universe, but if that indeed happened, it still does not explain the beginning. Scientists may say that all life as we see it today could be explained by billions and billions of years of biochemical and biological evolution. But even if that were true, you still haven't gotten back to the beginning. How would intelligent life randomly arise from dead, unintelligent matter? It is reasonable that if life comes from life, and if life and all of the things that sustain life and all of the creation around us is mind-blowingly complex, that if you go back to the very beginning, there must be a transcendent, intelligent, self-existent force behind it all. The psalmist declared in Psalm 19 verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 20, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. So friend, God's fingerprints are upon his creation, 
It is reasonable to believe in a creator because of the existence of the creation. And God's power and His nature is seen within the things that He has created. So that's where faith begins. Faith is a conviction based upon evidence or testimony of, of something we otherwise cannot see. And God's natural revelation becomes the first basis for a belief in and a basic understanding of the existence of Creator God. But then God has revealed Himself to the world supernaturally. He has revealed Himself not only in nature and in the conscience, but He has revealed His mind and His plan to us through His Word, the Bible. And despite what the cynics and scoffers want you to think, there are multitudinous reasons to believe that the Bible is a supernatural and a divinely given book. The foreknowledge of several amazing scientific discoveries is inexplicable unless the Bible came to us from God inspired by the Holy Spirit. That isn't to say that the Bible is a science book, because it's not. It's not written in scientific language. It was not written for that purpose. But there are several statements made throughout the Bible that wouldn't make sense. If they were not signed, if they didn't harmonize with what science has shown us to be true, but those statements were made hundreds and thousands of years before science ever discovered them. The earth being round, the vastness of the universe that for the majority of human existence we were unable to know anything about, things about the human body such as DNA. Did you know the psalmist alluded to that in Psalm 139 3,000 years ago? And there is the fulfilled prophecy of the Bible. If you give the Bible a thorough and fair hearing, you'll find things that were spoken about that occurred in the first century, fulfilled in Jesus Christ, that were written down hundreds of years and in some cases over a thousand years before they took place. The testimony of Scripture is very credible. A man named Jesus of Nazareth lived in the first century A.D. and was crucified and according to hundreds of eyewitnesses was resurrected from the dead. There is manuscript evidence of the ancient authenticity of the Bible that far outweighs the evidence for other works that virtually no one questions the veracity and origin of. We take them for granted. But there's more evidence for the Bible than there is for some of them. You see, friends, what I'm saying is don't just dismiss people's faith in God. There's reason for that faith. Faith is based upon revelation from God. Now then, if faith is a conviction based upon hearing, then that means to have faith means to believe and consequently be faithful to what God has said. There are many things that people pass off as religious faith, and those things have no biblical basis. But friend, I want to tell you, if God didn't say it, if you cannot read it in God's Word, there's no legitimate basis for believing it. And we need to think about that when it comes to all of these hundreds of conflicting religious ideas and doctrines and practices that we have in the world today. One person's, quote, faith is not as good as another person's, quote, faith if what they believe is different and contradictory. Faith is not a hunch. It is not a feeling. It is not a personal idea or a personal preference. It is a conviction about something not seen based upon credible testimony, which is the Word of God. So truth is transcendent. It comes from God. John 17, verse 17, Jesus prayed, Thy Word is truth. And faith is a persuasion, conviction, or belief that produces a fidelity to God through His Word. But there's not only the truth factor, there is then the trust factor involved in faith, the trust factor. In other words, not only must my conviction be based upon the revelation of God, I must be willing to trust God based upon that revelation. 
The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 once again, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now if faith is believing in something we cannot see, there is an element of trust. Now back to my earlier illustration. If I leave for Australia, having never been there, I may be fully convinced and convicted that Australia exists and fully anticipate arriving there, but I do so because I am trusting the testimony of, uh, that I have heard about it. A faith in God involves trusting God. We do things all throughout life that when it gets right down to the end of it involve faith. Somewhere up the line you have to trust that somebody's telling you the truth, that uh, a platform on which you stand has been built to hold you up, that a chair that has been built for you to sit on will hold you up. We go through life having to trust something based upon experience or based upon the testimony and the word of another. If I must jump out of the window of a burning home and I'm told that you are standing on the ground below and will catch me, regardless of how true that statement is, it involves a trust on my part before I jump. I trust that what you have said is true. I trust that you are able to see the situation from a better perspective than I and that you know what is best. I trust that you are not only able but that you will catch me when I fall. Now folks, a lot of people will buy into this idea of faith. If it means mentally assenting to God's existence or some whimsical wish that they have for what they would like God to do for them, but that's not really faith. Faith is trusting God and taking God at His word, what He has already said. Now again, some things must be accepted without seeing them. I have ample reason to confidently believe that God exists and that He has spoken to us through His inspired written word, as I've pointed out, and because of that firm persuasion or confidence, I have decided to take everything in His Word by faith. I don't need a scientist to explain to me how the miracles of the Bible could or could not have taken place. Science observes that which occurs in the natural world and as a result of natural forces in the world. But miracles, by their very definition, are supernatural because the scientist using the scientific method cannot tell me how miracles took place. There is no physical explanation for the creation of the universe by divine fiat. There is no scientific explanation for the flood or for the many supernatural events recorded in the Old Testament. There is no scientific rationalization for how a baby could be conceived within and born of a virgin. How a man could walk on the waves of a sea. How the dead could be resurrected and on and on we could go. But you see, I have chosen to accept those things by faith based upon the credible testimony of God's Word in His existence. But on an even more personal level, that also means that I accept God's commandments by faith. And all of we who practice whatever kind of religious practice we may engage in, we need to stop and think about this. Do we accept God's commandments by faith? That is, I don't question what God and His Word says that I am to do, how I am to live, how I am to worship Him. I don't tell God, for example, Lord, I just don't understand why baptism would have anything to do with the forgiveness of sin, and so therefore I just don't accept what it says there in Acts 2.38 or Mark 16, verse 16. Or Lord, what difference would it really make how I worship? What difference does it make how we sing or how we commune or whether a man or a woman does the preaching? It just seems to me there's the problem. There you're starting to step outside of the realm of faith. Faith is taking God at His word and pledging obedience to Him on the basis of His word regardless. Otherwise it's not faith. 
And then that leads me to the third factor, and that is the test factor. The test factor. Hebrews 11 catalogs the many people who lived before us and who the Bible says lived by faith. It certainly wasn't easy. It wasn't sunshine and roses. It was costly. It was perilous. It required many of them to lay down their lives even. And true faith today requires that we believe and obey God regardless as well. Regardless of whether we understand it. Regardless of whether we like it or find it pleasant. Regardless of whether it is easy or difficult. You know, I saw a quotation a while back that said, If your God allows you to do whatever you please, then your God is really you. You see, it's not faith if we place conditions upon whether or not we will believe it and heed it. Hebrews 11 verse 8 shows us that faith demanded that Abram leave the riches, comfort, and familiarity of his home in Ur to travel hundreds and hundreds of miles to a land he knew nothing about, all because God said to do it and promised a reward if he did. Verse 7, faith told Noah to build an ark, which he didn't have the slightest idea about to save his family from a flood, which the world had never seen at that time. But Noah didn't question. He set out to build and to build it just exactly like God said to. I'm sure he was questioned and ridiculed and taunted, but to Noah that didn't matter apparently. His was a firm conviction based upon what God had revealed. And on and on the record reads in Hebrews chapter 11. Friend, you won't make it to heaven and I won't make it to heaven without that kind of obedient faith. Look at your faith today. Is it based on Bible truth? And do you trust and obey regardless of what you think or what you otherwise want? Look again at verse 6. He says, For without faith, faithfulness, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That is, those who obey Him. That's what faith is all about. That's what faithfulness is all about. It's not just sitting back and saying, well, you know, I mentally assent. I believe that it's true. It's not just sitting back and saying, okay, God, I believe that you exist, so just do whatever you're going to do for me. That's not faith. That's not the kind of faith you read about all throughout Hebrews chapter 11. Faith, true faith, true belief, not only accepts what God says, it obeys what God says. And that's what it means to live by faith. Come, let us all unite to sing God is love. Let heaven and earth their praises ring God is love. Let every soul from
I always count it a great joy to spend this time with you each week in study of the Word of God. If this is your first time watching Let, Let the Bible Speak, I hope that it will not be your last, that you'll make a weekly appointment to join us and open up the Scriptures together. I hope you'll as well tell others about Let the Bible Speak and encourage them to find us on this station or share our social media posts with them. If you have not liked our Facebook page or subscribed to us on YouTube, we hope that you'll do that right away and that you'll share this program with others as we seek to spread the gospel. If you'd like to have a free printed transcript of today's sermon, that's free of charge. That's always the case with anything we ever make available to you here on the program. We are not here for your money, and that's one thing that you'll notice that is different about this program from many others. We will never ask you for money, solicit money. We'll never charge you for materials. Uh, this program is brought to you by your friends and neighbors who are members of the Church of Christ. And so we're glad to send you a copy of the sermon today, a free printed copy Get in touch with us and ask for the lesson, Living by Faith. Again, Living by Faith. And we will get that on its way as soon as we can. Thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to be with you. I hope that you'll make your plans if God is willing to join me back for another Bible study next time. Until then, have a great and a safe week ahead. And may God's richest blessings be with you according to His will. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org. Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.